I was raised sex, politics, and religion aren't party talk. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. Alcohol and work? Yesterday, and the book is called Sex, Politics, and Religion. Sex and politics have long gone hand in hand. Never bring up sex, politics, or religion, especially religion. Who means it is How totally uh, a topic stupid that is prohibited is or restricted totally. by social custom. So we are, we are going to be discussing sex, religion, and... Okay, that dusty old adage says we should avoid talking about three things, sex, politics, and religion. But I know from the questions already in hand that we'll be talking about all three. Vietnam. No, this isn't the long dead Robin Williams or the long oppressed Vietnam territory, but Jack Dalton appropriating the phrase in Detroit to welcome you to the season one finale of Sex, Politics, and Religion. We're back at the Detroit Foundation Hotel, and next to me is the Yule Log to my Christmas pie, Gabriel Banis. How are oh. you, Gabe? After that splendid introduction, great. Okay, good. You weren't, you weren't, you were a little pallid before that, but it seems like yeah, that really brought. Now me you up. have like rosy cheeks, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and we are approaching uh, Christmas here. I, we are feeling the holiday spirit, especially me after I got back to, from Japan with the the more hot Japan than than the cold uh, Michigan. But it's not that cool tonight. It's actually a pretty nice night. Our bartender tonight is is the the famous John Neely. We invited back yeah. basically the most <laughs> the most <laughs> involved bartender. Uh, you definitely participated more in your episode than anybody else did. So we appreciate you, and we're and we've already got like uh, uh, amazing drinks right in front of us. So uh, welcome back, John. Thanks. Um, I want to give a shout out to Josh Davis in Chicago for hooking me up with Aviation Gin and give a shout out to Aviation for low key sponsoring this episode. Aviation. Nice. And th- yes. Yeah, and thank do. you, Whiskey Parlor. Thank you for all of our sponsors. Uh, we had amazing bars um, in each episode featured, and we will get into that. Um, but uh, I want. T- uh, to move chug right along to ta- uh, introduce our panel because we've got a, quite a big panel. It's uh, quite a party today. Um, it's very big. It's it's, it's like, very big. I'll reveal who that is in a moment. Um, but uh, on my other side, I have uh, Thomas Elliot, anti-fascist activist and Satanist. Hail pan- Satan. Uh, <laughs> Hail Satan. And panelist in episode five and seven. How you doing today, Tom? Infernal. You're infernal. <laughs> uh, you look infernal. Land. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate you. Evan H uh, is the a master uh, of um, a master student in philosophy and Satanist uh, and a panelist in episode five and six. Hi, hi, Evan. Hello. I'm not sure how to follow that up. That was actually really awesome. <laughs> well, you're looking infernal too. Don't worry. <laughs> well, thank you for having me back. It's uh, really nice to be back. Yeah. Uh, thank you. And uh, on my other side, I've got a uh, business owner and evangelical Christian. Um, again, a recommendation from my from Father Dalton, uh, <laughs> uh, Kenny Bracker. Salutations. Salutations, Kenny. Um, and he was a panelist in episode three and four. I'm not sure if I said that beforehand. Um, I've got uh, across the room from me Aaron Spratt, motivational speaker and political commentator, uh, panelist in episode two and six. Welcome back, Aaron. 
Hello. Uh, it's always nice to be here, and this is much better than Facebook, so thank you. Yeah, well, uh, you know, that's, you know, that doesn't narrow things down in terms of the... Yeah, it's not in hard. In terms of experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things are uh, better than Facebook. Uh, across it's intended as a cop. Well, yeah, the, thank you. Uh, it's not taken as such. But, uh, um, no, but thank you for thank you for coming. I appreciate it. It is good to have a you know a physical conversation uh, for yeah. a change. Um, across the uh, table from me is uh, my co-producer of Spar. Uh, been with me since the beginning. Been a friend of mine since uh, high school. Uh, panelist in episode one and two. Uh, Jacob Stover. Hello, hello. And host of uh, episode four. I almost forgot to mention. Oh, yeah. Don't, oh. don't leave that one out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, might, we might have a couple more surprises uh, here, too, uh, but more on that later. Um, I'm, so, I'm uh, looking at this uh, um, you know, delicious cocktail, and I'm just going to skip right to the intro on that. What, what, what are we out in front of us, uh, John? Um, you have aviation gin that is infused with a bit of pomegranate, kiwi, strawberry, pear, all together, and topped off with a bit of champagne, a nice little uh, low APV rip, if you will, so we can, like, drink and stay somewhat civil, I guess, mm-hmm. but... Who has time for that? Fair right? chance. Yeah. <laughs> Finisher. Yeah, well, this is about as civil as it's ever going to get uh, uh, here. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I, I usually agonize over these uh, rants and toasts, etc. But today, I'm. Uh, we've, we were a Detroit podcast. We have Detroit guests. We have a Detroit band intro and outro us. So we're going to be doing a Detroit or rather Greek toast. Uh, everybody in Detroit does it. That's why I say it's Detroit coat toast so uh if you'd raise your glasses yes opa Opa. Opa. it's a lit and here i thought greek meant something else (laughs) (laughs) go on okay (laughs) uh we'll unpack that in a minute um so uh yeah, I, I've cut down as much as I can in the intro and, um, and outro today because uh, I want to keep in mind that we have about 10 minutes to, uh, of review for each episode minus intro, outro, and talking about other stuff. Um, <clears throat> we have two new segments today um, called Call Out and Biggest Takeaway. And one's with an exclamation point, one's with a question mark. Um, but we'll, 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 I'll just reveal those as they come. Um, before we dive into the top, the subtopics, uh, does anybody have anything to say about listening to their own voice on, uh, on the internet? Cause I've found, I had to edit all of you, by Terrifying. the way. Yeah, I know. It is kind of terrifying. <laughs> I didn't know I, I could love myself more. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not, I didn't know I could hate myself at first to such an extreme. Oh my god! And then and then get used to it. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't mind listening to my voice. Anymore. You've gotten used to it then. Yeah. I, I mean, by by the ninth episode, I thought I sounded good, but like on the first episode, I was like, I how am I a person? How is this even a <laughs> thing? Why do I have friends? I yeah, exactly. Why does anyone everyone? tolerate me with this voice? Uh, <laughs> why are you listening to this podcast? Anybody? Well, yeah, exactly. Plus, why? hearing what you sound like when like you're heated and it's going, it's really interesting to hear like what you sound like when you're literally like in 
yeah. mid like heat debate or talking about something you care about and you're like holy shit that's what i sound like yeah some like, of and i'm i'm a stutterer as you reaction, all would know yeah. i mean stammerer. a stammerer, stammerer. sure Is for that the sure politically correct and term? some of the and some of the word salad that i was able to achieve and had to edit out of was uh magnifique it was insane i i cannot imagine how uh that originated but let's get into the subtopics because i just wanted to see if anybody else had that phenomenon um so uh we'll start with the development of the idea of spar and pre-planning um and um two of the people that are with me today uh were there at at the inception i think maybe you were the first one i uh gabe were the first one that i told about the idea and which i just came up with basically you know being a very political person and being in bars all the time so i would either be that annoying guy at the bar talking about like a political issue or whatever or um or the bartender like placating probably the wrong patrons you know in that in any given bar but you came i think to park bar uh with with your girlfriend and uh i said i i I think i want to do this podcast um which was maybe going to be sponsored and essentially was ultimately was sponsored by our mutual friend, Jacob Andy Putman, mm-hmm. who uh, does brunch movies. And I edit uh, brunch movies. Uh, check so it out. Check that out. Check out brunch movies, movies on, on wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but do you remember that time? I, re- I do recall that. And, yeah. and you said, I think that's a good idea. Like very hesitant, but <laughs> kind of <laughs> grew. Yeah, no, it definitely grew. Uh, I think it's yeah, it, it's fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. And here we are. So. Here we are. Um, and then um, I enlisted basically my friends who I thought were most political or most had a network near them. Uh, Jacob was a longtime friend of mine. Do you remember the first time I, I talked to you about it? Yeah, I mean, I think we had kind of seen what I would refer to as a limited success of brunch movies and realized, you know, we've got these magnanimous personalities. We're smart and we care about issues. So why don't we make a podcast? Um, I really, I have fond memories of going to your apartment and having that core planning group and putting ideas up on the board, thinking of who we would tap. I mean, many of the people in this room today were brought up on that original meeting um, and have now become part of the Spire family. And um, we, one of the things that we had an initial meeting where we just threw ideas onto a, a cork board, but then we specifically talked about making sure that the panels were diverse and making sure ideal, ideologically and in terms of demographics. Mm-hmm. And I think the second meeting we had, we specifically were like, we need to get more conservatives. Yeah, I mean that's a problem for because at least our group. You know, we well, we did, don't know yeah, and Detroit is a, a, a liberal stronghold. Um, and you know, early on, I was given your name, Aaron, by um, one of our uh, outreach uh, people. Um, uh, Ariel. Yeah, Ariel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ariel. On Facebook. Yes, of, of she, all places. On so Facebook. she got, got you yeah, through right. Facebook. She got uh, you got in touch with us uh, with with Stevie. 
Um, I got um, Kenny as a reference uh, who is who self-identifies as a classical liberal or a libertarian, but in today's uh, climate would be considered conservative. Um, I want to say I don't officially identify as conservative, just a free thinker. Okay, free thinker, which today is identified as conservative. <laughs> Ariel yes. uh, just brought up your name as uh, somebody who would would probably, you know, throw a monkey wrench in whatever system we had. And um, I, I was originally trying to get um, uh, my dad actually to come on the cast because oh. we've had amazing talks in general. But he said that Kenny Bracker is the man. Ma the man that should be uh, represented, uh, his uh, his worldview. Uh, do you think that's uh, do you think that's fair? Having talked to my dad. Well, he's one of those priests who didn't molest someone, so he probably would have been good to have on. That you know. Right? Of. So yeah. that, that, <laughs> you're you're his Just son, so you could probably speak to the, the most. <laughs> uh, sorry, Dad. Uh, anyway, um, and another thing that we were talking about conservatives and talking about demographics is this idea i remember talking with people that just you know i just wanted because they had a certain worldview or had a certain experience and i found myself actively tokenizing them essentially which is kind of part of having a, a diverse discussion uh but an unfortunate part and it's something that you know over the course of the cast we'll, we'll discuss and I also is, is tokenizing someone the, the 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 hipster way of saying you were discriminating against them. I'll or? answer that well, question because I'm the official <laughs> token. Official here, okay, apparently, <laughs> isn't that right, Evan? True well, that, baby. Yeah, true that. All right, we and we will get into that. Uh, I think what the word you're using. I think you mean you're fetishizing, and that you're. Because to, well, that's what I do later when I edit the episode. I but. think you're you're fetishizing these people, like, but because to you conservatives are so different to you, you have this sort of like preconceived understanding of what they are, and you sort of abstract them away from um, the, their embedded context, and that's what to fetishize is. I, I, I mean, I, fair enough. I just I mainly just didn't want to have a uh, podcast where everybody was agreeing the whole time. You know, or like, you know, yeah, filleting then, each other. Yeah, then, then fetishize is, is what you're looking for. You don't, you, yeah, you're trying to make, take I'm this fetishizing thing seems... the podcast concept in, in itself. I'm fetishizing Aaron's shoes. Yeah, they are quite unbelievable shoes. So we're all fetishizing each other right now. Um, but another another aspect of the, that, that in terms of finding people is being that guy, come on my podcast, which I... Fully did just blossomed into that role. Just completely. I, I think like, that's natural I'm though. Cause so embarrassing, but I have to. I like. I had yeah. to do like. I had to, in order to find people, I had to like do, do that a lot. Um, but let's dive into episode one, um, June twenty fifth, twenty sixteen. The featured bar was Traffic Jam and Snug with uh, Jordan Glass bartending. The featured drink, Old Fashioned. The toast, Make America Great Again. Uh, a la Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> Donald Trump. So, uh, Gabe, do you remember getting to that venue the very first time that we were going to do the podcast? No. You don't? <laughs> you don't remember picking up Rachel? Oh, it was. It was no. during the fireworks. Yeah. Downtown like during the fireworks. We heard explosions throughout. Uh, yep. Yeah. Exactly. And we and Rachel met me at my house, and we got we get, basically it was me. The audio engineer and our 
our token, our token Trump supporter, uh, in a See, car. That's the proper trying, use of that. Yeah, there you go. Um, trying, and I called her a token in the first episode for being a Trump supporter. She thought it was because I called her a woman. Um, but, uh, or, or not because I called her a woman. Because of her you are yeah, she, I, 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 called, I said, I said, started as a token. Now you're here. And then she said, and then she said, why? Because I'm a woman. I'm like, no, you're a Trump supporter. That's why it was very, is it's hard finding a Trump supporter among my friends. Uh, so we were lucky. We, we were lucky. Um, so yeah, that was quite a crazy yeah, it was really tough right. to get here, and it was yeah. like, wow, the first episode, is this really how it's going to be every time? Exactly. I mean, and if so, good. <laughs> well, yeah. it's like, this could, if if it was impossible to get there, we'd be, like, they'd, somebody would, would just leave, essentially. I mean, like, it was Evan and you here, and oh, yeah. Jordan. I mean, if, you, you're all friends of ours, so you probably weren't going to leave, but like, yeah, that was just, it was, it was stressful. Um... So, uh, any any impressions from you? Um, I was just really, I mean... On the cast itself. Yeah, I was really glad that we did kind of get a pretty diverse range. I think uh, Evan was a pretty big surprise to have being a Hillary supporter in the general and a Kasich, or I mean a Hillary in the primary and a Kasich in the general. That, to me, was unheard of. Um, so having <laughs> him there... He's generally an... an establishment dude. Like yeah, and I mean, it shows based on his voting record yeah. there. Um, so, I mean, we had Trump, we had the establishment, we had, you know, the watermelon concept, green on the outside, red on the inside. Um, so we really had, like, a yeah. good, we had a good range there. And um, one thing that we, I have to do on call-out is Hillary Clinton is the original birther. We, uh, we... We all well. I didn't. I didn't know about it, but everybody concurred, and it was like, "Oh yeah, Hillary Clinton's the original birther." That is not true. <laughs> it was people in her campaign uh, that, you know, maybe maybe passed it on early on to the theory. But um, yeah, I, so I we feel might like say she was the original mouthpiece of birtherism. Uh, you know, maybe she platformed it by hiring those people. Sure, but I mean, I'm just saying we were way too glib about it in the first episode. So that gets a call out. Uh, Frank Marshall Davis, I looked up, uh, who is because uh, she kept repeating that. Look up Frank Marshall Davis. Frank Marshall and Davis. And we, we looked it up. We did look it up. It's supposed to be uh, uh, Barack Obama's real father. Ah. Yeah. So I mean, feel free to look it up, but I do I do think it's bunk. Um, we already talked about uh, me calling her token. Oh, uh, that Hillary Clinton is one of the most notorious serial killers from Arkansas, right? That she oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the body yeah. Arkansas, more than yeah. The lady, lady Bathory. Yeah. Of more than America. 40 on the list, I don't even like Hillary Clinton, but like, let's say some like legit like be- lady if she was Bathory, gonna, if anybody was like, going to be a Jack the Ripper baby, type yeah that would be yeah. that actually would be sweet yeah it would make me a it would improve her, oh, her image people say in she's my had book. people killed yeah, yeah that's not yeah. the that's same the thing. though that's think, some that's some like, you know, amateur hour, <laughs> I think at this rate it could that's only so improve her popularity <laughs> oh yeah. yeah like people disappear mysteriously like as a pattern of it yeah she mentioned something specifically called Arkansas and upon a Google search I couldn't really find you couldn't find that specific that's a hilarious yeah we actually Put a, like, we put a Snopes up of the, uh, of uh, you know, we put links on each one. You know, like, I, I just go through them and I look up whatever claims are made. And there's a Snopes article about, like, how a lot of that's bunk. Uh, I, I 
What, what was the guy who got killed? The, the, why is, I mean, Vince, why, I'm, here's Vince what I'm Foster. curious about. Why yeah, is Foster. Snopes the standard? <laughs> well, yeah, that's well, actually, that's a husband and wife who run a website. I don't agree well, with I mean, Snopes. <laughs> you, can, you can do that, so, all, wait, wait, you so can do if, that all day with me and, all... No, 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 no. no. If me and my wife start a website and it gets popular... Do we not, are we now the standard for debunking things? I, I just I just know Snopes has done it more I than I mean, any I, other. I don't like site. Wikipedia. I don't like Snopes. I don't like any of it. So eh, yeah, it I mean, seems like a step Snopes? backwards. What site would you source for like fact checking? Then what would you use? Yeah, what would you use? Right, that's a good question. The internet? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, well, I, what would you use on the internet? Well, the Snopes. Daily Stormer. We'd have to talk about what yeah. fact checking. <laughs> we'd have to talk about who owns the internet. Really? You mean, but like, what do you what do you trust in? for me, for me, truth isn't a democracy. So you don't, we don't vote based on whichever website gets the most traffic, therefore is the most true. That would be the idea I would posit. Well, like, like <laughs> Wikipedia, for instance, ha, um, has a, you know, has been shown to be as ac about as accurate as Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. Whether Br Encyclopedia Britannica is a a at all accurate, who knows? But it's, it, you know, the internet. I think generally has it does have trust. Worthy sources and less trustworthy sources, and I tried to use. I do. I do trust Snopes to an extent. I would say like a husband and wife are going through a brutal divorce. They hate each other, and they are both writing articles endlessly about each other, not to trust I mean, each that, other. That and and that's the that's, 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 that's Snopes. That's, that's the 2016 yeah. election yeah. as well. As much as Pilot kind of missed the point there. <laughs> what like, is truth? Yeah. I, I'm merely. I think that your point is more about like we care about like the perception that we perceive of people and like the perception of the perceived truth. There you go. Absolutely. The idea of like, cool, like you said, like they're literally a divorced couple, like writing shitty articles about each other. It's the same way, like that one dude wouldn't pettily change like LeBron's like Wikipedia because like he was just being petty. And the overarching idea, I think there's like the perceived truth is an overarching idea between all those things. Like the internet's kind of right. Uh, but well, there's not also always. a lot of sources on we're, the we're, we're, internet that can that can be reliable and but like if you have academic access to academic journals where you can look at something where like 20 different people who are experts in their field have come together had this extended um discussion i guess for lack of a better word combined their sources evaluated which ones hold up and which ones are replicated then you can be like well okay maybe i can never know anything for sure maybe there's always going to be some level of skepticism there but i can say that this is more reliable than you know Mr. You know whatever divorced Snopes man like being angry at his right. wife or Bad. something. You know that's that it's it's a part part of what makes something I think more reliable is that it's been able to be replicated many times by many different people who have an interest in trying to make it not or make it appear as if it's not correct. And and, and this is going to be the the the, uh, the podcast that we don't fact check anything. So uh, yeah, that it. concludes the epistemology Everyone portion <laughs> of our podcast. <laughs> Everyone owes me $100. Um, we're not fact checking it. We're not right. fact checking Sorry, it. At the door, um, I'll get it on my way out. No, you, I paid you'll, you already. You'll get all the IOUs you want on the way out. Um, but but keep in mind... I only accept Bitcoin. Keep in mind, Kenny, that... Yeah, exactly. We're in the age Ripple of... Ripple uh, or Bitcoin, that's all I accept. Keep in mind we're in Detroit. Um, so... So Gretchen Whitmer was also brought up, and I chided uh, Evan, in it, Evan in it. Uh, in the she was better one. than Shooty by a mile. Well, I voted Boo. for her. Yeah, I, yeah, I voted for her after God. chiding Evan for for it on the first podcast. The yeah. other Evan. Yes, the, the other, other Evan. Evan. Yeah. I'm Evan with a Y, Evan. and then there's Evan. Wait, there's Evan just... with a Y. Did you vote uh, Gretchen? 
She didn't vote. I didn't. I didn't vote. Okay, <laughs> we, we will not. We will not dig into that. Uh, that aspect of. If you don't uh, like that, I didn't vote. Eat my ass. <laughs> e- e- eat Can't my ass. Bats. Okay, so <laughs> we're gonna get to indeed. biggest takeaway um, for for the participants of episode one, uh, starting with Jacob. Um, so I guess for me. Um, I had not really been tuned into the whole like QAnon phenomenon. Oh my god! Before I don't even like, know what I, that I, is. I just knew it existed. Yeah, Rachel had but some Rachel crazy was definitely super indoctrinated and, into that, I'm and so like yeah, like birtherism after Obama is out of office to me is just like emblematic of this brain parasite. Like, what could it even matter at this point? Do you brain know what I mean? Brain parasite, perfect. Like literally, mental poison. It's like. Uh, beyond yeah. anything so to me like the takeaway then at, like at the moment of recording would have been like holy shit this is a way bigger phenomenon like someone i considered a, a good friend in high school has already been seduced by this like carnival of of ridiculous ideas you know what i mean yes um and then now looking back you know with the and, time and, and jacob passed, was one of the people that i discussed early on about having rachel on yeah like it was really great that we knew her and that i had just very seen, intelligent yeah trump I mean, supporter she, for, she's probably the epitome of that is she yeah. the one who was supposed to speak with us who is the one who was supposed her, to meet her, with her yeah. and we will get into that um okay us, um yeah. I'm going to move on to episode two, but uh, Gabe was with me each episode. You don't have to do a uh, biggest takeaway each episode, but do you have anything for the first one? Yeah, uh, definitely. Rachel, it was interesting to see that she had such like conspiracy theorist ideals and she was so educated and Mm -hmm. like so studious. And I had had never really seen that um, from someone that wasn't more blue collar. Uh, it's essential to the worldview. I mean, you'd yeah. have to have that conspiratorial worldview in order to hold those beliefs. It's just impossible without it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she, I, I think she, maybe she was, yeah, I, I think she, she's certainly not blue collar. She was, um, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, she's got a lot. I don't know her history, yeah, but yeah, she um, has a law degree. She's got a, a child. Well. She's got a home, you know. Um, But, I mean, maybe. I think her ideology is very in line with that. Um, and there are a lot of things I think I could agree with her about before the Trump era, but maybe not now. Um, okay, so episode two, um, July 2nd, sexual bias was the topic. Uh, the featured bar was Whiskey Parlor with John Neely. Um, the featured drink, The Final Ward. Um, the toast is was, here's to those who love us well and all the rest can go to hell by James Keene. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, I think this was one of the most interesting episodes. I really liked it a lot. Uh, Ariel kind of set up all of the, you know, us with everybody. Yeah. Um, do you have any, uh, initial impressions, Aaron? Yeah, I thought it was a great episode. And I I know, I just think that that the whole idea of calling someone, you know, transphobic for not dating a trans person or racist for not dating a a black person, it's it's insane to me, but I always try to be empathetic and try to understand where people are coming from. And I think it's for me, it's it's this, it represents an insecurity that's being bolstered uh, on the liberal side of politics. Well, and I don't so think that anybody this, was. Well, let yeah. me finish. It's, it's this idea that like cutting them off already. You need to, yeah, right. yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. You you need the wor- everyone in the world to agree with you in order to function in the world. That you need your personal uh, identity and and body reaffirmed by everyone, as if that's a right. And it's and it's not a right. I mean, that's what people talk about when they say special rights. It's like you don't have the right for everyone to like you or. 
be attracted to you. So for me, the foundation of it is very um, pathological. It's very uh, emotionally unstable. Well, yeah, and I don't think that Stevie or anybody was actually making the argument that it's like, you know, that you anybody has the right to be, you know, have someone attracted to them. But I do think that it's it was an interesting episode because it kind of demystified the idea of, you know, uh, racism or transphobia. And I think that was the argument that Stevie was making, for instance, is that a thing can be racist or transphobic without maybe even you knowing it. You know, and also it like it could be like, you know, a groundwork that you are just living on top of. Well, that uh, once again, I think that's emblematic of like this paranoia and emotional instability of the this liberal side of things to, to be yeah. general that it's like it's even though you can't see this this discrimination this racism this sexism oh it's there and it's and it's after us and it's the foundation oh, I don't of, think it's of after everything us. i think it lives within us i i, th- I think Same i, thing to I me. think there are yeah. there are ways in which i am a racist and i'm just like whatever i'm a, you know like there are ways in which i'm a racist i don't i can live with that you depends know? on how you define that yeah i mean but i don't think it should be the demonizing term that people make it out to be like mm. you know you're a racist so you should just go go out in a desert somewhere and die <laughs> uh what were your thoughts john um, my thoughts were um, kind of bouncing off of what was said earlier. The idea basically that the perceived nature of using like terms and buzzwords is problematic as fuck. And we have to actually like pay attention to what we use as terms. Like obviously like there is like residual, like I wouldn't say like there's racism and like not all white people are awful, obviously, but like there is literally a generational coda of us basically having a systematic battle against each other to basically survive like we were fucking slaves at one point so of course we're a bit uncomfortable around each other it's not necessarily that anyone's racist and i think that that actual podcast really brought up the idea that a lot of terminology that people use sometimes they use it as terms of weaponization and terms that are buzz terms, but the world is not a safe place. Like, and I said in the episode, like I grew up in a very aggressive, not stable household. I learned very early in life to like deal with the world, not being safe and not being. Is it possible that the term African-American in America is a political word? Because when I go to Europe, right, I've spent time in Europe, nobody there is called an African Brit. Um, they're just called black because that's that's the term. Well, right I, I think it's definitely and not a everybody political term. And I'm... not every black person in America would be an African American mm-hmm. because some come mm-hmm. from all over the world. Yeah, well, yeah. And Charlie Theron is that, a, an African American. That is definitely that is definitely a charged term. And if we go back in history, like, so is Dave Matthews, an African American, African American is technically a charged but, term versus basically calling someone like South African versus um, saying like you're African or you're black. I mean, but it goes back in the idea of like the way that you use terms also was something in that like episode that was mean? important. Like the intention and the way you use terms means something. If I call you a colonizer casually, that's not cool. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, you were you were fantastic on the episode, by the way. You were, you got very gossipy, I think. Uh, and there was, by the way, was there an update on your friend with the the asexual that they were dating? Yeah, that was that got really weird. 
<laughs> that guy really, really. I know that really... you said that you said that it got split it off, and I'm, we really do have to move on. But is there was there any development on there? Yeah, so, well, plenty of people. Plenty you got to listen so, to episode two. You'll find so out. Like, so like to sum it up really quickly, I had a friend who ended up like dating this person and finding out this person was basically asexual over the course of the relationship, and then basically trying to figure out how to make this work. Basically, it ended up exploding like terribly because different needs meant to be met, and they had to go on with like their life and be like separate. But also, it was one of those weird things where, like, that was not communicated to anyone. So, what do so I do? So, not to recap, but to, to, to give us an update on it. Are they, they're not together. Absolutely not together anymore. Okay, like, not together anymore. Super not together anymore. Okay, cool. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, like I said, I super thought that was a really together. good episode. Uh, the the Me, Me Too episode uh, had a lot less diversity, but, like, that one, like, blew up. And this one didn't, but, like... I really liked that episode, so check out episode two, guys. Um, but biggest takeaway, Aaron. Oh, from that episode, uh, something comes to mind that Stevie had said um, when I was saying that. I forgot. I forget specifically the context, but I was just saying that generally we want to get people to the place where they aren't insulted by what somebody posts on their grinder. Maybe saying that they're not into black people or uh, insulted when they're uh, someone's not attracted to them because they're trans. Uh, get them to a, a stronger place, like mentally, spiritually, where you don't depend on your your politics to bolster up your your self esteem. Uh, and Stevie was saying that you know she made the point over and over again that everybody's not there. Everybody's not, you know, some people, she didn't use this word, but like, I guess some people are weaker or some people are uh, just not there. But my takeaway from that was like, okay, can we talk in a way to get people there, get people out of that place where they're uh, dependent and, and uh, uh, insecure, right? Out of that place. Good, good takeaway. Um, John, biggest takeaway. Um, my takeaway is that I have a lot of work to do with like building people up to, in the way, like obviously have the same backbone that I take for granted because in those conversations about like those similar things about like cool being offended by this or that and I realized like those things have never bothered me and I've always let them roll off my back and mm. kept going on with life and in my own work and activism I've really in the past few months shaped what I've been doing around what can I do to basically allow people to have a backbone and create a voice and give you the means mm -hmm. to feel empowered beyond just the identity politic nonsense that is the current mm -hmm. shape of the American hemisphere and feel confident in like yourself as a person, as an ideology and like in your existence. Like what can I do to help you? Which is basically God's damn work himself. So yeah, heard. good luck. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> me, so. All right, so moving on to episode three, July 9th, What is Socialism was the topic. Featured bar was Motor City Wine with Shelby Essenmacher. Featured yes. drink, <laughs> yes. Um, featured drink was a John Mark Select Champagne and a Biodynamic Red from Sicily. Yes. The Toast... Eat, drink, and be a communist by Tristram Hunt, <laughs> yes, which son. was objected by a, a two by Kenny. Uh, but as I said, we I made people toast uh, to make America great again in the, in the first episode. So uh, you know, you 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 were a good sport about it. Um, but uh, immediate impressions from you. I don't remember it. Was I high that night? You might have been. <laughs> um, no sex. A little bit of too much. <laughs> 
Well, okay, so actually, we, we're, um, one of the things that, uh, that we will do is a call-out. And, and when I looked up that Marks and Angles were hated by their family and that Marks never saw the inside of a factory, I could not find it oh, anywhere. I have, I have a bunch of history books. Well, you got to send them me, me them. Marks, uh, do you, uh, yeah. he, I don't Marks give ran a newspaper. I mean, the idea that he... There's a lot of... Well, do use factories, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, bourgeois propaganda about right. how Marx never held a job and blah, blah, blah. How could he well, know I'm, about this? I guess I'm bourgeois. Or at least hold a petite bourgeois I'm, ideology. I'm, I'm yeah. a propagandist. You, you're a propagand- <laughs> you have any propaganda this? to cite right, right off the bat? I mean, I have I have a whole collection of books. Okay, well, you've got to send me that. I I'm I'm not going collection. to hold your feet to the fire on it. That's the, that's the call out that you 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 received today, Kenny. Um, and also, you said uh, Charles Dawkins at one point was a crazy dude. Did you mean? Uh, do you think? I know you were high at the time. Uh, <laughs> do you think you meant Charles Darwin or Richard Dawkins? I guess I don't remember who we were talking about at the time. You you, you didn't even re-listen to your own episode. No, sorry. Okay, well whatever. You, I think you kept us here till two in the morning. That one went. <laughs> that was the next one actually. Which we will move on. We got here. We, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got here at eight o'clock, and Jack kept us here till two in the morning both times I came. So it was four hours, and he's asking, did I mean Dawkins or Darwin? That's that's bourgeois propaganda. To call out myself as well, I also called Mohammed Mozadek Mozambique at one point so yeah I, I, I'm not I'm not faultless uh, but uh, Jacob biggest takeaway stage name for socialism um, I think my biggest takeaway was just how wide of a range of definitions the term socialism can have to people um, obviously it's a highly charged term with people on many sides of the issue attempting to interject their own meaning into it for their own personal gain. Um, I do feel that there was a good consensus among people that we want certain things. Uh, maybe not everyone agreed, but like universal health care. It's a pretty good thing. We, we, I think everyone would want it. Um, things like that. I think we can look towards a socialist or at least populist-minded future. Um, I think we need it more now than ever before. Um, in the United States, and I think we that was a that was a charged episode, but one that we did find some common ground on. More than it would probably, but maybe I don't know, maybe not, Kenny. I I don't remember the common ground. Socialists seem obsessed with immunitizing the eschaton. Every single conversation I ever had. Whoa, wait a minute, (laughs) immunitizing the eschaton, and you're an evangelical Christian. You got a problem with the Ashkaton? Wait, don't you have a bunch of tattoos? <laughs> well, wait, wait, Tom is one that I, 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 I wish I had met earlier so he could be on that episode, but because uh, he's a uh, tanky, well, essentially. The Ashkaton, that's all you're looking forward to, I thought. Well, immunitizing the Ashkaton is a little different. Well, bringing it about, but I mean... Bringing about utopia on Earth, that's... Ashkaton, the end of the world. Well, Eschatology. philosophically, if, if in a philosophical perspective, Ashkaton... Socialism is, sort of is in, not a utopia. Um. Anyway, biggest takeaway, Kenny. As I, as I was saying, it seems like every conversation I have with socialists, more often than not, they're attempting to immunize the eschaton. So they're attempting to bring some kind of ideal, and mm. that's Absolutely why I lean. Not. Ma- I lean towards. Hey, let him have his takeaway. I lean towards libertarianism, um, for America, just more of a William James esque pragmatism, where my attitude is. 
you know, let different states, let California be socialist. Like we said, I probably said this in the podcast, I suspect. Mm -hmm. Let people try things out. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Because um, I'm, I'm not for totalitarianism, right? right? And so you also I, said that you're against uh, the United States uh, in, intervening in foreign countries that do try it for themselves. Yeah, that tends to be more of a Democrat and Republican thing. The Dems and the Republicans love to, you know, meddle throughout the world, right? Right. I mean, every party, both parties meddle in political elections every year around the country. It's unreal. And I think that's where the common ground actually uh, began and ended at that episode. So we'll move on to episode four, July 23rd. Is God Dead was the topic. Featured bar was Third Street with Jen Her. Featured drink, strawberry gin smash. The toast, now let us sit and drink and make us merry. And afterwards, we will his body bury by Jeffrey Chaucer. And uh, Jacob, you uh, hosted this one. You were the only other. You did a hell of a job. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah, I thought you did great too. Because uh, I, I remember mentioning to someone, I said, the Jacob kid did the hosting. I said, I thought he did a better job than Jack. But that was... Whoa. Well, there you go. Shots I mean, fired. There you go. I don't I'm remember all that we talked about. But. Well, yeah, exactly. But you were high both times, so there's, there's like also that. that. Blow. Uh, anyway, uh, immediate, immediate takes. Um, I think it was interesting to host. It puts you in a little bit of a different seat. You know, that was an issue that I had a lot of personal thoughts and feelings on. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were a lot of times when I kind of wanted to have put in my own two cents and stuff. But um, I did think that it, th- that was an issue that you were more neutral on. And I think the socialism issue was something that I was more neutral on. So that's how I broke it down. It made sense. Yeah. It did. Um, and I think we did. Um, that one went really, really long. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, like, that, by the way, call out on Jacob. That one went really, really long. That one, like, th- if anyone, I, I don't think socialism did go four hours. By the way, Kenny, but it's got dead. Might have that one. Might have. Might have gone. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely, I guess, a takeaway for me personally would be learn to like edit down uh, people when I'm hosting the podcast. Um, but overall, I think um, again we had more consensus than I expected, um, though not a lot. That was that was a really contentious one. It was. Um, yeah. Immediate um, takes from you or takeaways from you. I don't remember. I didn't listen. <laughs> you don't sorry. remember anything. Brutal. <laughs> By the way, call out. I so, did write so I, down so, so another I, call I, I work. Out for eight, you. I work eighty hours a week. Right? Yeah. Well, so, no, I, so forty hours I hang out at my coffee too. shop and I talk to people, and then forty hours I work at my other job. So I talk to a lot of people every day. All right. Another call out. <laughs> Adolf Hitler never said in in Mein Kampf that God does not exist. Um, so he was that, the opposite. Very Catholic. Very, very Catholic in public. Maybe, maybe private. Like, but like even the table talks. In a he was performative very against way. Ca- uh, like atheistic movement. I mean, he was kind of obsessed with the uh, mystical as well. Yes. You know, which so I think he might have. He might have not believed in God, but no, he was against he was atheistic movements. So he's uh, he's as well I, as. I, I don't remember the dialogue. But okay. Well, what is I, that but, the claim? What is here, but here's, I did remember. But here's what. It, well, here's he here's what I would have. Yes. I probably would have said something along the lines of yeah. that, having read Mein Kampf and wrote essays on it right he quotes Nietzsche quite a bit uh, he paraphrases without referencing him right so when if you've read everything by Nietzsche and then you read Mein Kampf and you see oh here's this is straight out of Nietzsche yeah. and so so essentially you read between the lines and you can establish sure. some principles but even and I, Nietzsche I never, was like and I, regretful and I, that God did I, not exist but I doubt I would have said that he explicitly said the phrase God 
is dead or something like yes. that. So I, I, I put it I didn't to you at to one it, point. But... Well, yeah, I put it to you at one point and you just said, I don't even know any scholar that disagrees with this. Yeah. So you implied it heavily. <laughs> that, he, that he's but... heavily influenced by Nietzsche. I mean, it's well, he is heavily influenced influenced who is throughout Hitler. Hitler? Yeah, throughout Mein Kampf. I mean, it... But that doesn't mean that he said it's, that God does not exist. It's way overblown, the Nietzsche angle in terms of Hitler. Hitler was much more inspired by Wagner. Um, Which you you discussed in your episode. Yeah. Um, so oh actually, well, let's, let's. Nietzsche move. was Nietzsche. Just for the record, Nietzsche loathed anti-Semites and hated Germans. So the idea that he was some German extremist or that his views would fit well with a white supremacist nationalist government is just not borne out in the Nietzsche. Furthermore, well, they, a lot of Nietzsche's uh, writing. What was it? Was it the will to power was translated after his death by yes, his Nazi which, skank Nazi of a sister. sister? Yes, yeah. which we did discuss uh, that his uh, sister and his brother-in-law were. I mean, were so she purposefully but, took all of these white supremacist, you know, national socialist liberties yes. with the translation of his writing. And anyone who has ever read multiple translations of a single text can see the massive differences that a single translation can make. I read sure. multiple translations of Charbold Lair all the time. Time. And it's like reading multi, it, like if you read four different translations of Baudelaire, it's like four different poems. It's not even the same. Absolutely. The reality is that Nietzsche's skank of a sister, who was a fucking Nazi, <laughs> decided to take this text. Come for her. Will to Power was a selection of, of scattered his, writings of his yeah, and, and decided to transform them into something that would seem compatible with Nazism, when the reality is that the majority of Nietzsche is not compatible with Nazism. Absolutely, Evan, but we're only on episode four, right. so I appreciate well, it. Uh, but if I can, but if I, if I can love, interject, way, if I can interject, because in, in, in a second, yeah. but I wanted to say, give you a compliment. I thought John Phelis did a great job. I, I probably would have interjected too, because there's a lot of in, in Nietzsche, not in Nietzsche's will to power, but in his aphorisms, you re, you see there's direct correlations with Helvidicus and D'Alembert, right? Who who you both read, right? Helvidicus and D'Alembert. Yeah, uh, and, and so. And and so and so Nietzsche was heavily influenced by those French as well as he said Pascal is the only good Frenchman worth quoting, and so when you read, also hate when you read when you read um, when you read Mein Kampf too you see the heavy French influences from like I said from Helvetius to Lambert to Nietzsche and then into Mein Kampf so I said there's there's simple parallels you see that you can read into Mein Kampf that Nietzsche played a big role not not just in the world no, of power it, it, I, but I don't in, think in, in his early in his early writings it, the aphorisms yes but but, but we, we we do have to move on um no. immediate no. takeaway on uh episode four Kenny I don't remember it. So okay, okay. I, I think immediate I was takeaway, you don't remember it. Uh, <laughs> episode four, uh, Jacob, immediate takeaway. Um, I think if God isn't dead, we're working really hard to kill him. Yes. Them. Uh, especially Them. in this Let's room. Let's kill him today. again. Yeah. Um, sorry, John, do you want, you have something? Um, to... I was going to like, kind of like. Please make it quick. Kind of like support like the narrative back and forth here, because I think they were agreeing to disagree on like certain things. I see what he's saying where like the writing influence comes from these scholars, whether he hated them or not, he did hate them. His writing influence comes from them, but I also see what you're saying, where if you go into Nazi literature, there's a lot of things that were retranslated for the purpose of pushing Nazism forward to push the plague forward. So, if anything, we're both agreeing that, like, Nazis were just fucking culture vultures and didn't realize. True. Yeah, yeah you're played, you're yes. stealing they were the writing and inspiration that's, that's of a good people takeaway, and I, who I, are really, I, really we amazing. We talked about that a lot. In the other cultural diasporas yeah. who've written great things, but basically reinvoking them to spread hate. 
towards like anybody else here here which is like the shittiest thing about the full circle but i think that you guys actually like kind of all agreed here so <laughs> after like, after the first four episodes i mean we like yeah. we like don't but what you said was valuable sure it yeah. was I feel like yeah. you agreed uh, after the first four episodes we didn't do any uh, any recording in all of august and uh, in august 20th i post the first episode and announce that i'm going to release bi-weekly with only four episodes in the can recorded the race was on so it was just a whole nother it was like a whole other leg of the air production. horn sound yes oh, i wish we had that right now um and make, obviously by this one. point after i record the uh, edited so the first one right now the uh the one hour show format was kind of out the window because mm-hmm. and i realized <laughs> that there was no way i was going to get your episode jacob for instance down down to, to an hour it was doing that yeah so um but in the course of the time i had met uh tom he was a regular at my bar, actually. Right. And um, and I just had heard about you. Heard you, 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 um, you and Evan throw these shows and like you know run this uh, Satanist organization. So um, I just planned for episode five, September second, Satanism and the Occults. The featured bar was Gold Cash Gold with Jeffrey Brewer. Featured drink Satan's Whiskers variation. Um, <laughs> and uh, the and what's that? What was in that? Um, it was on fire. I, I you'd have really? to listen. Yeah, that you'd was have the to one drink to the I didn't drink because I wasn't drinking that night. The right. one time. Yes. Yeah. I know the irony. It's it cool. was it was really good. Fire it was really made it good. You guys have yeah. a show, a Satanist show. Yes. Yeah. Well, we we do uh, performances as well. So like oh, the the cool. th- we we are the co-founders of a satanic coven. So we have a small uh, circle of people who are involved in our religious life. And we do both private and public performances of satanic rituals in which we ask people who want to to participate if if they so choose. And they also if you want to see this performance art, if you want to see it as legitimately like religious or spiritual, you know, whatever, however you want to see it, if you can take something away from it, you know. Yeah. Uh, check out Satan House. It's an amazing Satan organization. Thank um, you. Thank you. The toast that on um, that time was may we never go to hell, but always be on our way. That guy and the did citation not like was that. Gabe's flask. That's flask, yeah. yes, good flask. It's a great flask, and it's. And <clears throat> I didn't know at the time that it was yours, but now I do. <laughs> My takeaway also is like best that. episode. You think? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the best. I had a fantastic time. That literally is, was one of the highlights of my year. Was doing that. It yeah, was, it was a really. It was fun, really really yeah, fun. I'm just gonna um, go to takeaways on. I that think I was the only one besides Jack that was at every episode, and yeah, best yeah. episode. I think. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a great time. Um, if I had a takeaway, it's that I get along with Black Preacher way better than I thought I was going to. You yeah. know, I thought that that was going to be brutally contentious. <laughs> and yeah, he was uh, very was like yeah, subdued in a, in a lot of ways, and he was very like like he wasn't contentious at all, and he wasn't looking to like argue with us really. Like, um, I, clearly there were going to be places where he disagreed with us, but like he never was like attempting to like brutalize us with Christianity, which is like something that has happened at our events before we've hosted events where like people pretending to sort of be like Satan curious or like Wiccans or something like that. You know, people who, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, like, you know, we typically don't have issues with like Wiccans or something like that. You know, they'll like, they'll sneak their way in pretending that they're okay with it. And then they'll attempt to like convert people to Christianity 
at our shows and talk about like you know how Satan is evil or, or something like that. And he he never attempted anything like that, which was no, which he was, was really he, nice. Mike was great. Is the main seems like it's the main takeaway. Uh, no Rachel, unfortunately. As yeah, she goes to us. she was she was afraid. Well, yeah. Yeah. true. That's I think, what I think. She, was, I'm, she was afraid. I'm not, I'm not she trying consistently to be, said she was busy. So I mean, but she, yeah. If we she, if I can just speak totally earnestly quickly. Yes. Okay. If I can speak totally earnestly, I believe that she was afraid. The fact yeah. of the matter is that, like, very few people. We've tried to do lots of different meetings with lots of different religious groups, um, and consist <laughs> consistently, people are afraid to meet with Satanists and talk with Satanists, despite the fact that, like, you know, Satanists tend to be some of the most like. I. They're they. We're not the yeah, ones. Yeah, you guys are super things. friendly, and we're I've not, tried to get like priests and to other people to talk to you, and yeah, nobody would talk. It's to you. like I, they I think agree. they think we emanate a sort of like evil miasma that is gonna like. <laughs> I mean, you know, I do absorb Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. You guys emanate the, the that best possible <laughs> evil <laughs> miasma. But uh, you know, moving on to episode <laughs> six, <laughs> September thirtieth. <30th. laughs> Uh, topic was hashtag me too. The featured bar was my own Mudgy's Deli and Wine Shop wait, wait, with wait. Hel- um, Hillary Hassan. That's one of my favorite sounds. Featured drink was Hillary's mulled wine and the, the toast, orange. may the best of the past be the worst of the future. It's an old Irish saying. Um... And uh, I, I started off with a mini rant on Detroit property values. Um, it's it was really the culmination of all the current events. I, I, I remember like when I started the current events, people like you know were like, well, yeah, that goes on a little long. And I was like, I'll, I'll try to pare it down. But this is the re- this is kind of the argument for it. If something happens in the course of time, you know, like you maybe want to like address it immediately. And the Kavanaugh case was that week. So I called on you, Aaron. I called on you, Evan. Um, Evan. I called on other Evan. Um, Was there a fourth person who was supposed to be there? You couldn't find any. No, you guys, I mean, that was, it was was a a full panel. It It was was a full panel. I mean, it was small just in the sense that it was the three of us. I don't think there's any way that that could not have been as incendiary as it was. And also as long as it was, like, that was, I mean, how long, we were there, like, we were joking before you got here, that we were there for so long. Remember the people trying to kick us out? Because, like, we were there for... It didn't go that late. It didn't go that late. We we were probably two and a half hours. Which is pretty it is long. Yeah, yeah not as but long as four we edited hours, but... it down. Um, it was. Um, There's was... no way that that could not have been as contentious and as depressing as it was because like yeah. no matter on what side you're on anything to do with like whether it's a, a sexual assault that actually occurred or a sexual assault that didn't occur and someone is being accused of it like if that's if that's the topic how how could that be anything other than grim you know i yeah. so i would say if i had a if i had a takeaway from that i would say there were no winners there uh I just yeah. want to say that was loki one of my favorites and i feel like both sides of that argument yeah it was were very, were very valid in their actual yeah, like I, relief I, and worries I, and I like agree. it was it was yeah. a hard topic to handle and everyone did it very well and and so, evan you really came with the with the statistics which mm-hmm. i thought was great yeah, um I, there I, are I, some <laughs> that i have to do a call out on uh, michigan is the second biggest uh, sex, tra- sex trafficking center and the I average can, i age. can get those yeah please me, please send me can, if you can send them to me on facebook Yes. I can give you the sources because but like, there were there were things that weren't you weren't wrong on, but that it was statistics. 
statistics are largely unavailable. Right. Okay. Yeah. But if you send them to me on I Facebook, I, I can't Toledo, get them. I appreciate that. Toledo, I thought, was the actual hub of human trafficking. And well, it's it, it, but it's again, it's unavailable. It's amount the amount of people that are caught. You know, like. Uh. Um, but, I also hear that the Super Bowl is like a major prostitution, human trafficking. I'm not surprised. Uh, like, I know nothing like, about, a that bunch of, about that. There's a bunch of wealthy people all in one um, place, literally. Well, I, would, I would definitely what have to disagree with happen? Evan mm-hmm. and say that it could have gone differently because I think we are in control of our bodies and our emotions, and and we can control ourselves and not yell out at people. Well, let's um, let's just talk about the term token. Yeah, I was. I was. Let me let me finish what I'm saying. Yeah, I was as I always emphasize. I love having in-person conversation because, yeah. and I say that because the internet, and this is not necessarily right or left, the internet is like social media is geared for us to like yell at each other and like be angry at each other. It's like geared that way so we can be more engaged. And you actually, <laughs> you actually mentioned um, in your rant against me, you were saying that you know this, I've seen better trolls online or something like that, and I was. You were trolling me. Facebook of all places. (laughs) In that that moment, (laughs) I felt like you were trolling me, and I was there to have a conversation. um, And I ended up getting called a racial slur, which really uh, surprised me because I was assuming that you were the person that was, you know, standing up for, you know, the oppressed and the people of color and the women. Yeah, Aaron, you you talked to me. He used it earlier. You Mm -hmm. specifically uh, called it a racial slur, but I was like, and I replied, can a South Park character be a racial slur you know it'd be like women can be tokens i feel Mm -hmm. like okay let me okay i'll say two things i'll say two things one i don't think token necessarily is a racial slur because any anyone who is being taken out of the original context and being used to further the agenda of the opposite context could be a token. That could be a woman. What that context could be a dude. am I taking it out doesn't, of? It, well, I mean, I'm, I'm talking. It doesn't matter. I'm saying. It, I'm saying it could be anything. I'm saying it could be a woman for a man, a man for a woman. It could be black, white. It could be anything. Whatever. Like it's. It's about taking the person who is usually in opposition to the stance and using them to be like, okay, well, look, this person who's usually the on the opposite agrees with us. So it, it's not necessarily racial. But in that but moment, second, I was representing myself. Sure, okay. The second thing that I wanted to say to you is, I'm sorry that I said that to you. That wasn't appropriate of me. There were better ways for me to express the way that I felt there. Um, Wouldn't I you call, though, like Milo Yiannopoulos a token? Yeah, like Milo Yiannopoulos. I mean, like, yeah, and you used right. it in the he, next episode. Who's we'll, for we'll, we'll fascism. Jew, but I mean, you know, like, no one who looks at him It's okay, Evan. You don't have to apologize. I'm not no, going to sue you for I, hate I think speech. that's very but, nice. I know, but I, in, in, this, yeah, in this world, you know, I could say that you are... Uh, you were perform. You were uh, enacting hate speech against me, oh. and the victim. Oh, I, 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 I think that's please. I think we both know that that's not true, so, and I would not agree speech. with that. And either. that's that's my that's my point overall, though. It's like I can I can say that you were it was a racial slur, and do you believe me? No, I think no. most people would not you, say that. You the, don't the concept, okay. because again, my, but I'm a victim say of you calling me a racial slur. Both of you. I don't want to get off the topic of it though, which is that it is the topic because that's what you called me. Well, okay. Okay, well, so yeah. both agree it's not a racial slur. So... Real quick, name calling was one thing that I actually did put in the rules, and I appreciate and he, I and appreciate he... you apologizing for saying that because I did think it was a it, it was a little too far, especially given the context. You know, in another context, token could be more appropriate. Um, I I don't think that it's as charged a term as you're making it out, Aaron, but. I appreciate your feelings on the subject, and I did want to give you an opportunity to, you know, to call out for that. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, are we supposed to honor the feelings of the victim? 
Well, that's what I'm trying to do in your case. I mean, you were, you were the victim of being called something. I guess I was just trying to bring it full circle. I think circle, there were but... plenty of ways I could have addressed the, the way that I disagreed with you, and I had opportunities, and I did use them and, mm-hmm. in every other case except for this one. So I do apologize. That was inappropriate of me, and I won't do it again. Yeah, um, I mean, you can do, but you can speak however you want to speak. I mean, but that, that's the thing. Just called it, but it wasn't. Speech. But it wasn't. You can perform hate speech is legal. It's it not be. right, but is that it effective? Yeah, but that's it definitely. Oh yeah, it's legal. Yeah, but this was not an example of hate speech. Was it effective? No, she didn't yell at you. She was talking in a medium. So you could, but you could do it. Okay, so we should move on from this. So yeah, we should move on. And lastly, I think it just confirmed. Unfortunately, what I already think about modern liberals is that they are not interested in equality. We're not justice. liberals. I'm not. Um, I'm not interested. We're in communists. Equality. Yeah, right. I apologize. Right, it was a generalization, but like this, uh, this concept in our culture where it's it's not about equality or justice or fairness. It's about it's about power. It's about shutting people down who you who disagree with you, and that the way you emotionally flipped out and you felt like you couldn't control yourself. You had to yell at me. Oh my that, god! That, that's what happens. That's what literally happened. It happens too often. Too no, I think, I think that is your opinion, Aaron, but we do have to move on. I, I, I appreciate huh? your... How can it's you not say, oh, my Satan? Out on me? No, uh, I understand. Christian, I, I said oh, my yeah, God, yeah, too. Yeah. Christian this is the, this oh, was the danger God. of having you all in one How room. One second. Um, let's get on a common ground. The rest Graham, of the time, let's... it was fine. I lost my temper that one time. Yeah, but it's not... Evan and Aaron, wasn't Graham as a bring-along guest... Amazing. I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to admit I lost my temper. Okay, it happened. It yeah, was an, fine. Yeah, it was but an it's incendiary fine. conversation. Like, no, no, okay. like I said, there were no winners in that conversation. Right. That was a topic. No that winners so in that conversation that could, is a good like, takeaway. Like that could, there was no way that anyone could have come away from that feeling good about but, the topic. But also Graham bringing up the gynecology you know, like that was a freaking amazing contribution. Sure. That's not even talked about in the Me Too movement in general. You know, like that that was probably the best uh, to bring along guest. You know, like I didn't I didn't book her, but she was brought along and I oh, was she really was happy. the bartender. She was the bartender's friend. Oh, yeah. She I remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do remember. her. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So She's I think we can all agree that she was a great contribution. I think yeah, I'm very unexpected afterwards, too. too OK, you, good. At least we agree. I, I didn't. I, yeah, I, feel free. You know, the one thing that's almost never added in the Me Too conversation is that it's just an observation. The majority of countries that have legalized prostitution, they seem to have less problems with trafficking and men who can't get laid. They don't seem. Um, They do, actually. Well, I actually just posted about this. Yeah. So, so, well, what I was going to say was that because in in my observation, you know, my, my undergrad's in psychology, but my master's in philosophy, and I worked as a counselor for a long time. And when men tend to be, you know, very, you know, have a lot of machismo, right? And they're, they, they want to have sex. And when men don't have sex, you they tend to go nuts. So weird. Machismo. Well, never it's because I, I hang out with Canadians. But when men don't get laid, they tend to go nutty. They're like little barbarians, you know? Yeah. And so I, I've, always, I've, always, I've always wondered, like, why, why don't we just legalize prostitution? So well, yeah. that's something we will not get you know. more into. Yeah, but I, I generally yeah. agree. Well, that that's that's a, that's a strain that goes yeah, exactly. like that's deep a, that's into a loaded, like the conversation. Uh, issue, like one that I agree with, sex with work. You on, so general. that's okay. just one that's like that's a whole other fucking podcast. Yeah, I feel like that's an entirely episode. different podcast. Episode seven, October. Episode seven, <laughs> October twenty first. What is fascism? Featured bar was the Royce with Giselle Cahoida. Featured drink, traditional whiskey sour. The toast in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act by George Orwell. Um, 
first call-in ever. George Orwell was an anti-communist liar, so I don't really believe anything that he said. <laughs> we says. talked about that. Fuck that uh, guy. I, I, I don't yeah, remember well, talking about that, but I, I, I liked the quote. I, right. That's how I used it. Um, but Which podcast is this? I'm sorry. Fascism? This was fascism. Oh. What is fascism? What is fascism? And uh, it, was, it was like what is socialism in that we had a for and against proposition, essentially. But like the, you know, Edwin doesn't call himself a fascist, but a lot of other people might. Um, alt right, alt right, yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, this is yours. Himself. This is uh, the one you yeah, did with Edwin. Me and Edwin Osler. Oh my God! Yeah. The funniest thing about this is just that they've known each other forever. So yes, it's they've like, known each other forever. So They're Facebook like, enemies. These aren't like two Randys. They these both are like met in Facebook Edwin jail. Colin. No, before <laughs> yeah, that. It's a Colin, but they've known each other forever. Yeah, yes, yes, he was Jewish. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Also, you called him a token. That was another... Uh, right, but yeah. I was trying to... Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, again, they've known each other forever. Again, they've so known they each other forever. Push each right. other's buttons real bad. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, the only call-out I have for you, Tom, is Hall uh, of Demore didn't occur, but it was pretty unprecedented in, in Ukraine in history. Some believe it was planned by Stalin, and regardless of whether it was comparable to, with the Holocaust or, you know, genocide, isn't it still mass murder? No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Definitely well, not. Uh, yeah. I had to. I had to put yeah, out I mean, the call out. Contemporary bourgeois scholar. Anything to contribute to the Hall of Demore. Contemporary bourgeois scholarship shows that it was a clusterfuck, to be sure. Um, but was it a rightist-style Holocaust? Absolutely not. There's just no evidence for that, and there is evidence for because of the resistance to collectivization on the part of Ukrainian farmers that they burned and sabotaged their own crops contributing to the already uh, you know brutal situation that was underway and the fact of the matter is and the Soviet Union like China after some horrifying events and nobody's going to call what is so called the Holodomor was a good time but the idea that it was on purpose is just not is not borne out by the scholarship and then also, by the time, uh, you know, what, the 1970s or whatever, the Soviet Union, it's a fact. The Soviet Union was, uh, the average citizen of the Soviet Union was consuming more calories per day. Which Jacob brought up in his up. In the socialism then, episode. Yes, which, but uh, yeah. I just, I'm just saying I wouldn't necessarily put it past Stalin, but we don't have time to get too deep into it. Um, I mean, put it past them. I mean, they were trying to revolutionize the agricultural agronomic system that was underway. And there were elements in the Ukraine that purposely were against collectivization, which, you know, right or wrong. Uh, but they contributed to their own famine-like conditions. Many people died, but it was not a rightist-style Holocaust. Right, it was well, not. It we, was not a genocide. I, 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 like I said, I don't. I don't know the, uh, the veracity of that. But feel free to send me links. You um, were saying that the deaths could be con uh, contributed to other things during. Yeah, the time there was a mm. there was a horrible winter, socialism. and there was purposeful sabotage. Uh, there was many factors, and the fact that let the me, let me Soviet Union was new. Tom, let me move the conversation okay. to how funny versus racist was Edwin. He was unbelievably racist, but he was really funny too. Well, yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's part of his disarming charm. When he was right? talking about <laughs> Africa being primitive, though, it was like I almost cut that part out. It well, was yeah, so bad. My friend uh, Brandon Edward Mitchell, just a shout out to Who one. Am of I'm the, texting right now. Really, one of the most brilliant people I yes, know. Yes, I would yeah. love to have him on the show. Yeah, he'd, he'd be great. So many yes. times he's yeah, yeah. brilliant. brilliant. Uh, Brandon Edward Mitchell was, uh, you know, gobsmacked and shocked at the serious racism that 
was on display in that episode. Yeah. And I heard some of I didn't mean to cut you off, but I heard some of it. And he was saying that uh, he was bringing up the, the conversation conversation to how do we define racism in the modern context? Because it's used so widely. Sometimes racism is an in-group preference. Sometimes racism is um, insulting a person of color. Sometimes racism is just, I don't like what you said. So right. you're racist or you're right wing. Well, it's he said you, that racism didn't even exist. Yeah, he did, he a didn't moral really thing. Accept it as a, as a, and this is one of the things that I kind of struggle with in terms of who I give a platform to. And who, like, I mean, not that we're much of a platform, so that's I mean, it easy, but... Maybe deplatforming people already? Well, well new I feel like I, I gave that one like Patreon the business, and YouTube you know, like, and Twitter. If, in some of these discussions, there's not a winner or a loser. I specifically but I was think trying early. to find someone as fascist as I could get. You yeah. know, like, I asked you for a suggestion, <laughs> that person gave me a suggestion on somebody else. Right. So it was but like these a, were friends of mine, yes, right? Exactly. So, yeah, well, but you studied fascism. Or frenemies, yeah, yeah right. Jack, Jack, I'm going to come in for a second. Yeah, yeah, what's up? Um, so like we're already in like the tokenism phase and talking about racism and basically like tokenism and racism go hand in hand and they have different, they have different levels. Tokenism is a form of racism fundamentally, whether you look at it or not, but tokenism exceeds and goes beyond just racism. Like a woman can be a token, an Indian person can be a woman, obviously, because they're a different race. So tokenism isn't just a term that is associated with racism. It is an overarching term. Racism has different levels the idea that you do not coagulatively see racism as an existence Sorry, in itself make a call, but keep on. basically just means that you're using oh, your really? own set privilege to not acknowledge that it exists when historically racism clearly exists Hello? because people were fucking slaves so what do you mean yeah, and then people believe that there are inherently <laughs> inferior. I, I agree with what you said, John. I'm sorry to call during the thing, but I have to introduce Muhammad Ibrahim, um, our uh, Hi. our calling guest. Uh, how you doing, Muhammad? Mo? Pretty good. Yeah, uh, I would be there. I would like to have been there this time, but uh, I'm pretty much a wage slave through this whole week. So <laughs> this is about as good as I can do. Hi, Muhammad. And, and I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm trying to race through this all. Um, John made a very good point about about racism, um, but I, I I wanted to move on to Islam and Islamism uh, as soon as I could. Um, which was your episode. You were kind of the first guest that I booked, and it was hard to... You're a cartoonist that actually does, um, uh, you know, drawings of Muhammad. So it was... uh, it was hard finding panelists to talk to you. Yikes! Yeah, which is two, <laughs> yeah, which is a, a an issue that uh, two of our other panelists had as well. Yeah, and especially hard to find someone who would you know who wouldn't throw chairs around and that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm uh, kidding, of course. But right. uh, that was about as it was about as civilized as I thought it would be. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, a good discussion. Uh, it was episode eight, November eleventh, Islam and Islamism. Um, featured uh, bar was it was actually Genevieve Jonah, uh, food and beverage consultant. Uh, featured drink the Ottomans Ottoman, an, a non-alcoholic cocktail. We didn't drink for it, so it was uh, one of the most excruciating. Um, <laughs> well, not for me because I, you know, being remote, I could drink all I wanted. Yeah, to. I know it was easy for you, but they couldn't be in the company of anybody who ever even had a drink. Uh, the toast was fi sahatkum. Good health in Arabic, um, and honestly, I loved the discussion. Besides that, I re- I didn't never realize, it, you know, in doing research, it, realizing that I like some aspect of Islam was very surprising to me because I've hmm. always been fairly anti it. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, just like any religion, there's things that are, you know, just be polite, don't be a dick, uh, and avoid God. One of the big things in Islam that I still try to cling to is the um, the prohibition against gossip. It's it's made to be very bad on the level of some of the more serious sins, and that's something that I think people can respect and appreciate outside of faith. But uh, you know, you don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater necessarily. Well. No, I take that back. You do, but you know, like I said, there's a few good things you can pull out, just like any religion. Yeah, I, I, I really liked the the research I did about the Quran too. Uh, it was just it was just interesting, you know, experience for me because I was very ill researched on it in general. Um, I edited it while I was in Japan on my vacation, so uh, it was probably the the uh, it was probably particularly excruciating for me because of that and because I didn't get to drink during it. Um, but, I'm very sorry for that. How hard was it to rope in an ex-Muslim cartoonist who draws Muhammad and two Muslims? How, how difficult was that? Because <laughs> it seemed to be like you were struggling a bit, and I, I think mean, I had to back out one time. Yeah, like I mean, I had to be as respectful as I could be, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was it was difficult for sure. Uh, I, like, it was it was hard to find them in the first place. I actually went to the Dearborn Islamic Center, and that's how I found uh, the museum. Muhammad. No, it's not a museum. It was a temple. Um, it's the, a, a center for, you know, but in, in Dearborn, one of the largest and oldest. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The big yeah. One. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it, there was constantly people that I was getting on, um, on board and then they dropped out. And Wassam actually said afterwards that this is not a conversation that usually happens in our culture. So exactly. <laughs> oh, hey, Mo, I had a question just listening to that. Just the whole conversation just made me think of the question, considering the fact that uh, is- Islam seems to be not only a, a culture, but a people, uh, a, a type of government that's kind of seems more all encompassing than, uh, than uh, Christianity. Do you feel that uh, is the culture of Islam and the religion is compatible with Western culture? Yeah, sure it is. I mean, a lot of the people that I grew up with and that I talked to who are Muslims uh, generally go by, it's a saying, I don't know if it's a hadith, but it's widely accepted that you live under the laws of whatever country uh, you're in, and you'd be a good citizen. And that that's a sentiment that's widespread, so I don't think that there's an incompatibility. Like, in any faith, uh, if you take the extremist view, any faith is incompatible with a a democracy like we have here where it, there's a wall of separation between church and state. So I don't think they're any less compatible than any other religion. Mo, think, you and maybe I didn't hear the, it was a bit choppy. I don't know if I answered your whole question. I maybe missed. You, 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 you answered fine. Yeah, um, thank you. Do you have an immediate takeaway, Mo, on the episode? <laughs> uh, I was extremely sleepy and I, I had been, I wasn't, I don't want to say I was drunk during it, but I had done some a good amount of drinking before, which is why I think I uh, I was a little tired. But my takeaway was, um, in retrospect, one of the things that Muhammad said about um, homosexuality and how it's treatable, he suggested, not suggested, he, he said directly that it's something that's treatable. And I know personally from personal experience, which I, I tried to be polite as I could, but that was just pure bullshit and it's not just true bullshit mm-hmm. it's it's harmful bullshit yeah i think we're uh, these, all on the same these page reconditioning there. therapy it's psychological torture and it, i mean the guy he, he's got to be older than me and when you're that it's hard to forgive that level of ignorance and uh you might hear me say that but i mean it's who cares right for sure that, that, i think that's extremely hurtful and, and uh, uh the only, only good answer 
to that as I don't know. Mo, that's and, a good takeaway. I'm that, sorry to cut you, you off. I'm, I'm, we're, we're running short on time, Mo. Um, so we're going to skip over ni- episode nine. Everybody just listen to it because nobody was on it who was here. It was sex work, UFO factory with Aaron Rupert. Very good one. Very it's, good it's one. I check love that one. That yeah. one. Sex that work was, one or ooh, there's please. a separate UFO? Sex work. Yeah, it was a, a sex work. Yeah. Oh. So, what about UFOs? Uh, UFO one. We're going to go to the outro hypothetical. Never mind then. what? We're going to go to the outro hypothetical. Outro um, uh, is think of a new segment for season two. Uh, I'm going to start with Kenny and go around. You have a segment idea? Anal sex, how to not feel pain. Revisiting that. How to not make it yeah. hurt. Oh, uh, Wasn't that one covered in sex work? Uh, oh. the, no, not yet. <laughs> they didn't, not, go didn't, tips and didn't, tricks. didn't go over the details, unfortunately. Um, Jacob. I think a, a state of Detroit check-in would be a really good idea. We talked about it right before we started recording, just looking at you know what's gentrifying, what's dilapidated, what's cool and new, who's being bad. Love what, it. You know That kind of thing. Tom, do you got one? New segment? For season two? Oh, uh, you know, maybe like as opposed to ordinary sort of general sexual practices, maybe an obscure sexual practices one, you know? Ooh. Like, like a kink fur- episode. No, no, yeah, but kink, this is like, segments that would apply please, to each one. Please. Or like you yeah, won't be able to see furryism or. Well, that's uh, a good episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh, Aaron, do you have one? New segment. Um, it should a new apply to every for episode. Next season. Uh, I couldn't think of anything, but I'm passionate about uh, mental health. Mental health, okay. Yes. I would love to be on that one. John, yeah. you got one? Yeah, that's what I've been thinking about for a long time. Uh, intersexualism and hospitality. Is things in our industry even and fair at the door? Beautiful. I love it. Uh, Evan. I think I would just have to echo Aaron's suggestion with uh, psychiatric health, like uh, including the, the psychiatric health system, which I believe is mostly used to incarcerate uh, gender and racial minorities. Beautiful. Um, Mo, sorry to brush you so much. Do you have a, a segment that you'd like to uh, uh, contribute for season two? Hey, what do you mean by segment? I, I, like like a segment that applies to each episode, but a lot of people are doing topics. Topic is fine, too. Uh, <laughs> the sexual, it seems like sexual is a big topic. Sexual practices of uh, Jack Dalton. Of what? <laughs> of Jack Dalton. I, oh, I, I, I second that. Me. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, I've got plenty of recordings. He's, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> just for anyone listening, Nine, uh, just for anyone listening Jack started this off with DTF. Yeah. DTF, <laughs> yes. So, yes, indeed. Yeah, that was, like that's that's like the password that. for the, our, awesome. our studio, DTF. Uh, Gabe, do you got anything? Yeah, that's nasty. Uh, it's an election year, right? It is an election yeah, year. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we'll have no problems finding topics. Absolutely. As far as segments, I have no idea. Idea. And buddy, cheers! We Went did by it so fast. We did it. Congratulations, Congratulations guys. guys! Excellent. We were there each one. Thank you, Gabe. You're you are the light of my life. Thank you, Jake. Aww, now <laughs> make out. Yeah, now make life. out. Exactly. Yeah. Sex, politics, and religion. Hail Satan! Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Bo. Thank you.